Good evening and welcome into Sports Radio 810. I guess you could have been here before. Maybe welcome is the wrong word, but welcome to me, dang it. Welcome to me late. I tweeted this earlier. I will reiterate it now if you're listening live or watching live on the 810 Facebook page. I had a power nap and a bucket of cold brew coffee within the last handful of hours. So I'm wired. I am here to talk about the Chiefs with you this evening here on A10. Beards McFly on the other side of the glass. Meanwhile, I just exist at night. Yeah, that's true. Beards, the, he does this this really unnerving thing. We had to install a special, like, little, uh, just shut the door with your mic on everything, I guess, Beards. I was, oh, I didn't realize my mic was it on. Sure I thought was. I turned it off. I hit the button, but no. I guess it didn't. Well, yeah. the buttons don't work sometimes. It was good Foley work. We, uh, we, we ended up getting, and you know how they have those pull-up bars um, that you can put, like, in a, in a doorway? We actually bought one of those for the office, but it's just so Beards can hang upside down there and sleep during the day. Because Beards' existence truly does happen for the most part, uh, at least starting from like 4 p.m. on. And I'm, I'm uh, you know, chemically enhanced by, by cold brew coffee, which is great, by the way. Um, so someone tweeted, nap in a cold brew. This is funny stuff, even if unintended. Oh, make no mistake. This is intended to be funny. The problem is whenever it's fun, it's not funny, and I, it's intended to be funny. That's whenever we get into some trouble. So we're gonna we're gonna be here with you till uh, till about midnight tonight. Give you an hour of Chiefs talk to wrap up your day, uh, or if you listen to the podcast, which you can always do for anything that I'm saying. And a microphone will always be available via podcast at 810whp.com, the 810 mobile app, or uh, you can just subscribe to Almost Entirely Sports wherever you get your podcast. This isn't technically Almost Entirely Sports, but we're going to put it up there because I want to make sure people can hear all of our good, good Chiefs talk. What are you smirking at, Beards? Um, it, William on Facebook asked, um, is there, why are you guys on? Is there an emergency? And I said, the emergency is we can't stop talking about the Chiefs. That's exactly right. Um... No, we're just doing some different. There hasn't been Chiefs talking a long time on the station. Right, it's been hours. It's been it's been hours since we last talked Chiefs. Um, no, we're just doing some different stuff during uh, during the the MLB playoffs and everything. And um, and today, honestly, if this wasn't like scheduled, I still would have like hit hit the panic button and gotten beards in to at least hit some buttons on the po- on a podcast for me or whatever because. I legitimately haven't stopped thinking about something Patrick Mahomes said at Arrowhead today for the last, like, like 11 hours or so. And you may be saying, wait, didn't you say he took a power nap? I dreamt about this audio clip I'm about to play for you. I, I legitimately was, like, floored by something. And so we'll get to that here in, in, in just a second. But we'll, we'll talk about some things that Mahomes said out at Arrowhead today. Plus, we talked to Seth Kaiser last night. Again, if you missed it, just hop on the podcast page, the AES one, or go to the AES section, the 18 mobile app. Um, and, and he finally, that, that, that article that we were referring to with Seth last night dropped on The Athletic. And there's even more there that I want to try to talk about a little bit more tonight because I think it's just absolutely fascinating. Um, plus, the Jags owner still doesn't want to trade Jalen Ramsey, 
and Stefan Diggs is apparently unhappy in Minnesota. So we'll get to a handful of those things here tonight on Sports Radio 810 WHB here in Kansas City. But first, the most the most interesting thing that I have heard in the media room at Arrowhead this year came from from Patrick Mahomes. And it was something that we had kicked around a little bit on the postgame show, talked about a little bit last night. Um, something I'm just genuinely really interested in that was sort of a... I don't want to say it was a throwaway. It was kind of a throwaway thing on, on the broadcast, but to, to in fairness to the broadcast that lots of people had criticisms for on Sunday, I wouldn't have picked up on this if they hadn't addressed it. And I've been really interested in it in the last couple of days since then. There was that play where, in fact, like I should tell you even when that was. I, I It was one of the passes to Travis Kelsey. Um, it was on the fourth drive. Okay, it was on the, the, the drive where they went down the tie it up with the uh, LaShawn McCoy touchdown. On that fourth drive, Mahomes is in the pocket, and Travis Kelsey is beyond the sticks for the first down, downfield a little bit, and it looks like Travis Kelsey cuts off his route because he's in kind of a bubble of space, and... They pointed it out on the broadcast that if he would have continued to the sideline, he would have ended up running in the traffic. And so I saw that and and thought that was really interesting. And we kicked it around a little bit on the postgame show and everything. And I was just I was just interested in what was going on there. So we got through a, a good chunk of Mahomes's presser today, and it seemed like um, most of the obvious stuff had been discussed so I asked about that route and that throw to Kelsey and, and said so, you know the, what the broadcast is sort of referring to and I asked if that's what what happened there and and if that is what happened there how do you build chemistry with a receiver to that point where you know that he's about to like improv cut off his route in you know when he's he's changing something in the play like that whenever this entire offense is so precise and you make all of these plans so far in advance, and, and everything seems like it's scripted out so much. Whenever there's something that's that's called like that, where, where Kelsey makes a call like that on the field, I was a little less wordy on my actual question, just for the record. Whenever you whenever you make a decision like that on the field, you know how do you how do you have that connection with the pass catcher that allows you to know that that's about to happen instead of leading a receiver like you would in any other circumstance. And Mahomes' answer here genuinely stunned me because a lot of the preconceptions that I had about what was happening in this play were just wrong. Yeah, I think it, it goes up to coverage, and Coach Reed does a great job of, of talking through every single coverage on almost every single route. And so there's times where they're cutting off their route and changing their route kind of on the fly, but we've talked about it before, and we've worked that look in practice so that I know they're going to do that, and I can throw the throw that to them and trust that they're going to, to make that adjustment on the fly. How often would you say that happens? It happens a lot, and I feel like that's a reason, one of the reasons why this offense is hard it's hard to stop is because we're not yeah. – we're not necessarily running just what the lines say. We're kind of basing it off the coverages, and, and Coach Reed's explaining it to us during the week and putting us in those situations to execute at a high level. I kind of feel like myself talking now is doing you, the listener, a disservice because I just want to loop that ten times until everyone stares at the sky and says, what's the bleep? Wait a second. They, they, they planned that? 
they plan stuff like that, and it happens a lot. That happens frequently where, hold on. You're telling me that multiple times, maybe frequent times during the course of a game, Mahomes is looking at a defense, the, the, the receiver's looking at a defense, and, and it, I, I have no doubt that Kelsey is probably the most exceptional at this. That makes sense. He's a vet, and he and Mahomes have, um, have been working together. You and know, he's really good. Constantly, and he's extremely good. And he's always a matchup problem and all of that. So um, I imagine that, that Kelsey's uh, you know, at least as good at this as anybody. But but Andy Reid and is is telling these guys to do this because these are going to be places where you can beat the defense whenever the defense has beaten you. This is such a this is such an OP counter move. I have an analogy. Please. It's like the opposing defense um has a math problem or they're assigned math homework. Yes. And they're like, oh, sweet, we only have three problems we have to worry about tonight. And then they open up their math book, and it's problem one, A, B, C, D, E. What? Problem two, A, B, C, D, E. And they're just like, oh, no, we actually have to worry about everything. Uh, yes, yes. Like, it, on the play that I was referring to, they mentioned this on the broadcast, like, if the play would have continued, if it would have been run out as, you know, the charted play was supposed to go, they would have the defense would have gotten a gold star on that one, because they did three A and we're like oh we're done, without noting B C D E F G, and and like how I, many watermelons? <laughs> and I know don't I don't think you can confuse this with receivers having options in routes because that's a thing I know that's a thing. But that's not how I understood this here. We're like, okay, well, hey, you can go this way or the, you know, read the defense and then either go downfield or or break it off towards the middle. And after I've heard this and after I've processed this a couple of times, I I can think of circumstances where, you know, where I think Demarcus Robinson sees the coverage and just decides, nope, bleep that, I'm tearing it right upfield, and Patrick's gonna get it to me. So I know I know that there are even instances in which, you know, you see something change and and you audible what you're doing because it's something like obvious. But the fact that they are changing routes on the fly and did it do it all the time in practice and that they're getting all of these looks Mahomes said in there, they're getting these looks in practice so they know that whenever they get these looks in the game, they're going to do stuff like, hey, just cut it off right here in this space because this is probably what it's going to look like. I, I just am overwhelmed by the fact that I don't think we really understand what we're watching. Play this audio again, Beards. I've listened to this 10 times today, and every time I'm more baffled by it, so you can listen to it at least a second time. Yeah, I think it, it goes off the coverage, and Coach Reed does a great job of, of talking through every single coverage on almost every single route. And so there's times where 
that they're cutting off their route and changing their route kind of on the fly, but we've talked about it before and we've worked that look in practice so that I know they're going to do that and I can throw the throw that to them and trust that they're going to, to make that adjustment on the fly. How often would you say that happens? It, it happens a lot, and I feel like that's a reason one of the reasons why this offense is hard it's hard to stop is because we're not yeah. we're not necessarily running just what the line say. We're kind of basing it off the coverages and and Coach Reed's explaining it to us during the week and putting us in those situations to execute at a high level. I mean, yeah, no kidding, it's hard to stop. Again, I I don't want to like feel like I don't want anyone to think I'm exaggerating here. He used the phrase on the fly twice. And this is just where the offense is at. Like it's just working and I I would be I would I would love to talk about this with more offensive coaches and quarterbacks to try to figure out how prevalent this is throughout the league, but I feel like I can at least say without qualifiers that the Chiefs are as good at that as anybody could possibly be because this is an Andy Reid Staple, apparently, I found out today. This is now a Patrick Mahomes staple, apparently. And and maybe this is like a Madden thing, where you, you think of all the ways that people who aren't playing football at an NFL level, which is almost everyone, statistically speaking, almost everyone who watches football didn't play it professionally. But it's like... It's like backyard kind of stuff. It's it's street football stuff. While being in this like almost scientific environment, there was an ESPN.com article that was do, telling some kind of funny, weird uh, Andy Reid stories. Um, that was that was really interesting. And, and at one point, I hadn't even really considered this until literally this moment. Um, on the fly, you could say, "I'm ready to try out, Coach." I can I can give you five good routes a game as long as nobody hits me. Um, but the the article mentions um, actually Rick Burkholder. It quotes Rick Burkholder talking about how Andy Reid's mom was a doctor and his dad was an artist, which is like such a good start to this already. But you can see like it just in this specific thing we're talking about here. Where you you get a little bit of the artistry, if you will, of hey, feel it out. Break this route off. Stop this route. Cut this route off here. You guys get it. You're on the same page. You know what you're. We are all. We're all looking for the same thing. I trust you, the pass catchers, to know what you're looking at. I trust you, the quarterback, to know what you're looking at. Yeah, man, cut it off. Well, everything else there is like almost literally like surgical. I just, I just think it's wild, and we don't see that in Madden, right? That was the, the larger point I was getting to. Like in Madden, again, you can have you can you can have sort of like option routes where where the AI will decide, or maybe even you can decide, I haven't played the newer versions of Madden. But, you know, you can say, oh, I want him to go this way, this way, trying to find the soft spots in a zone, or or, or trying to find where there's no help in man, or whatever like that. Um, but the idea that this is just happening constantly over the course of Chiefs game, I just find completely bonkers. I just, I just think it's completely, completely wild that I feel like I'm, I felt like I was just sort of catching up on the idea that like there are so many moving parts in this offense and there are so many there there are so many minute details we're like in the Lions game and we'll hear moms talk about this in a little while but um you know you, you you see wherever the timing is just off by a little bit well it's because everything here is about precision so much of this is precise and I'm so in all the precision of it now I find out today that Occasionally, the surgery gets interrupted so you can finger paint, and it all works. It's wild to me. Uh, Ruben has a comment on the Facebook page. Um, how do they do that and not throw a lot more picks? I don't know. That's right. I'm. I'm glad that. I'm glad that 
Ruben in the comments is saying things like I'm thinking, and I have been thinking all day. We're honestly like, listen, I like to I like to be an expert. I genuinely think that me calling myself an expert on some level is at least somewhat justified. I feel like I understand what I'm seeing to a decent degree, but to that question, my genuine answer is, dude, I have no idea. I have an answer. Is the, is the answer Patrick yes. Mahomes? Yes. Do I mean? Do you need a better answer than that? Andy Reid, and that, that, those are the only two answers. You can alternate. Th that is also an answer that is accepted on the Scantron. 1A, 1B, 1C. Just alternate. Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes, Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes. Because I I don't know, man. Because that, that's the thing. And I, I guess the answer, I guess. I, I, I guess the answer. Or even just miss more, not necessarily oh, interceptions. Oh, yeah. No, but think about it, dude. Uh, uh, go back to the route that we're talking about where, where Kelsey's running to the right sideline and, and he cuts it off in space. If Mahomes leads him like he would in, you know, if he expected him to actually finish the route like he was planning on doing originally, like a play dictated, then he's probably throwing straight into a bunch of traffic, and that ball's either going off the back of somebody's helmet or into the hands of a lion. Paws of a lion? Anyway. Mouth. Mouth of a lion. Jaws. That's a shark. I, I I understand the question, though, because if you throw where you think he's going to be, where he was planning on being, it's a pick. It's a pick, or at the very least, an, an, an incompletion. But the reason it works is because they both know that this is one of the— practice, I guess, is the answer. Because they both know that in this exact situation, and my God, think about the number of situations that they practice and never see in a game. But what if the Lions show us this thing, and this thing, and this thing, that never actually end up happening? Like, that must happen so much. But whenever you are confident that you and your pass catcher are on the same page... I guess stuff like that just starts working. And also, I mean, there are there a handful of times where Mahomes seemed frustrated in, in the Lions game. And this is going to, and this is why I, I love this audio so much. Because so rarely in, what, Beard's 33 seconds or something? Yeah. Was it actually 33? Yeah. Wow. Point zero one eight. but yeah. I've listened to this often enough that I guess I nailed Um in 33 seconds, just get this tattooed on your arm in the wave file. I yeah I, yeah and you know some people get like a loved one saying I love you. They get the 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 wave file the you know the the wavelengths or whatever. I don't know how to explain that to someone who doesn't look at audio all day. It's a, kind of a weird thought. Um, yeah, but instead of getting I love you, it's going to be a 33 second clip of Patrick Mahomes explaining improving routes on the fly. <laughs> That's great. I think it's a great idea. 33 seconds is a long time, so I might have to make a whole, like, inner forearm. Um, what was I even talking about? I got so distracted. Oh, so rarely, rarely does, rarely does 33 seconds of perfect audio, like, fundamentally change how you're going to watch an offense for the next 10 years. But I, I've often fairly been accused i think of being dramatic about things believe it or not but like, i don't think i'm being over dramatic here that 33 second clip i will think about every chiefs game that patrick mahomes plays and that andy reed coaches for the rest of my life 
Because whenever you see Mahomes, I, I think there was a play with, I mean, I think there were multiple plays with Hartman and Robinson both. One specifically sticks out where, like, he's gesturing at, at the receiver after the fact. And my thought whenever stuff like that happens is, oh, they called a route, they gave a number, and and the receiver ran the wrong thing. He didn't hear it right or didn't remember it right or, you know, he got knocked off his timing or maybe he started jogging when he, when the quarterback wanted him sprinting, whatever. But But now there's an entire other category of what could be happening in that situation. He could have said, hey, the, the safety went that direction. We practiced that if this space clears out, you curl this route around there and I'm going to hit you for 15 instead of trying to shoot downfield for, for 25 because that safety's backpedaling to your side. We don't need that mess. Turn around. You know that you're supposed to do that if that thing happens. On like the third inception level of this play, I just, I just think it's fascinating. I really, really do. The, the amount of moving parts in this offense, I've, like I said, I, I feel like we're still kind of just getting a grasp of because there really is so much there. But the mere concept of, yeah, we change the routes on the fly like a lot, like a lot of times a game. We plan on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We they they change they change routes on the fly, and we plan for it not just to like improv, but like we pretty much know what they're going to. We pretty much know what we're gonna do if they do this other thing, which and and seriously, I say like it's an overpowered counter move. Do you know how possible that is for a defense? I mean, like Mahomes like was like almost like giggling at the idea of like yeah, how do you stop that? Because how do you? Because when you're in offense, you call your play and you line up out there, and then the defense, they I mean, they've also obviously called, you know, uh, they have a certain personnel set and a certain pass rush in mind and, and certain coverage and everything like that. But sort of I, I would argue the fundamental tenet of playing defense in football is I'm going to stick with this guy or I'm going to stick with my area or I'm going to go get this guy, right? Like, really, really oversimplified. I would say those are kind of the three things you can be doing in a defensive play. And you could be doing that really well. And also, you watch all this tape. You watch all of this tape. And you could know the play. Beards and I were talking about this earlier. You Because I've literally been, like, yelling at Beards about this for, like, three hours straight. It's not a joke. It's really not. Like, I'm obsessed with this audio. Where, like, you know, in, in, in Madden, you can you can hold one of the the trigger buttons or whatever. Or, like, I don't know. I always, I mostly play GameCube. So, for me, I'm thinking it was either, like, L or Z or something. But you, Or maybe it's the C stick where you can, that's it. Because when you're playing in, in multiplayer mode, if you move the C stick up, it shows you the real play. But if you go left, right, or down, it shows you a different play. To con- so, you're not just showing your opponent what you're about to run. And I always loved that because it shows you, like, some field, some really, like, you know, first-grade level field spacing stuff. Um, but you can you could literally, as a defense, control C-stick up and see what that route is going to be. And you could be you could have all the film. You could have all the expertise. You could have all the right players out there. You could have the right personnel set. 
And then, in a way you've literally never seen before, one of those routes changes during the play because you're in the right spot. Like, you as a defense did the right thing. Therefore, now the Chiefs are beating you. Frustrating is it to be a defense against this damn team? You you won. Therefore, you the did everything offense, right. Therefore, you did everything right. Therefore, the offense changed what they were doing, and you did it wrong. Now, in the middle of the play, in not an adjustment. One second in the middle of the play. Not an audible. Not a not a call from the line. Not a nothing, except for. Kelsey is is about to to cut to go across the middle of the field. And he's running across the middle of the field and you're just waiting there. You're just waiting there going, "Yeah, I dare you to throw it to where where Kelsey is going cuz I'm going to pick it off." And the ball just goes 6 yards to your left and you go, "Ah, bleep it." And it's first down Chiefs. I just think that's wonderful. I just think it's so interesting and so much fun. Uh, one comment really quickly that sure. I saw um, from Sam. Asked, Same offense as with Alex. Is this why it takes, quote, so long to get the offense? It's a really good theory. Yeah. I, um, I've i made a couple of analogies, um, and I think I mentioned this. I said something to this effect on the show last night. But whenever you ask about, you know, is this the same offense they were running with Alex Smith? Which again, I, I, I mean, yes, fundamentally, I, I yes, um, but I, I compared it to, to Andy Reid, as a, a, a puppeteer with a, with a marionette, and with Alex Smith, to Donovan McNabb and Kevin Cobb and Nick Foles and every quarterback you know he's ever coached, you get differing levels of marionette, right? You go, ah, this one's better than this one, this one's better than this one, this one can do this, but not this. And and with with Patrick Mahomes, he's marionetting like Pinocchio the real boy. So the 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 things you can do are next level because the puppet is alive and doing things on its own in a way that no quarterback has ever done for Andy Reid. And so I imagine that even in only his second year as a starter and barely into his second year as a starter, in case you've forgotten that, I I think he's already probably to a point where there's an amount of stuff that he's trying and that they're doing as an offense that Andy Reid never even would have, like, that that he only would have had in his dream journal about stuff he wanted to eventually do in an offense if suddenly his puppeted quarterback was able to speak and dance on its own. So... Fundamentally, I think this is, you know, the same offense. And this certainly, I mean, people talk all the time about the assignments and the different stuff as a receiver. And and maybe for me, this just hadn't been explained in a way that I, I went, oh, wait, that's what's happening here? So I'm imagining that, like, someone will tweet me and be like, oh, how did you not know this happened in this offense? But I've certainly never heard it explained this way. Hey, speaking of which... um. Gern, G-E-R-N, okay. on Twitter, uh, replied, of course the receivers read his own and sit in the gap. Been doing it for decades. It's not, that's not the same thing. This can't be a real name. Gern Blanston can't be a real name. Oh, actually, I just hovered over their avatar, and it's, uh, 
oh, now I'm going to dunk on myself because uh, I can't remember the name of the front man of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Nope, Foo Fighters. Damn it. Dave Grohl. I did it. I call. I couldn't remember Dave Grohl's name, and then I called the Foo Fighters Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's a bad. That's a bad uh, play for me. It's not. That's not what's happening here. I don't know how. I don't know how you can listen to that and and go. Oh yeah, this is just. This is sitting in a gap. This is stuff that that they're orchestrating the entire week leading up to the game of here's stuff we're expecting to see. And then you can break it off in this variety of ways. I just think that's a gross oversimplification of something that is absolutely fascinating to me. And again, I, mean, I'm, I said this towards the top. If this is explained in a way that, that is finally made as understandable as, as it is in this, in this audio we played earlier, Doing it at this level is wild. And I, I imagine that that Gern could open could go to a Chiefs practice or open up one of the playbooks or have this explained by Andy Reid or Patrick Mahomes in a way that would make you go, Oh God, this isn't this isn't sitting in a in a in a gap of a zone defense in high school. This is Rocket surgery. You, they open up the book, and there's like a camera front facing them. And as they open the book, the light just shines out of it onto their face. That's a great idea. Like the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. Yes, it would be that sort of majestic. But it's also like the uh, memory eraser from Men in Black, because as soon as you look at the playbook, it's immediately wiped from your memory. Oh, they leave that room, and there's just like stars in their eyes. Yes. It just looks like a galaxy in there. Also, please don't tweet me about uh, the phrase rocket surgery because someone did that last time I said it, and I said it on purpose. I had a basketball coach that said that once. That was a joke. So Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it is a joke. Yeah. It's funny. I think that audio is great. I think it's really, really interesting. It's we plan this. It happens all the time. And... You do it on the fly, constantly, and we do it in practice for everybody. How do you stop us? If it's if it really is, yeah, you just sit in the gap in the zone. Just sit in the zone. Why doesn't every team have a thousand percent completion percentage? This is. You can take that as a starting place. I'm totally okay with that, but whatever this expands into. What we're talking about with the Chiefs doing it, it's it, it's it's a, a a celebrity chef. It's Gordon Ramsay making these incredibly dainty scrambled eggs while you're dropping an egg into some hot water and saying, "Yeah, I made an egg." Also, what's the big deal here? I've been making eggs for decades. It's not the same thing. Beard's looking at computers with an incredibly concerned face. Um, our uh, recording computer is behaving strangely. Well, I need to take a break anyway, so we'll take a break, and then we'll see if Beards can uh, perform CPR on any of our computers. I'm Josh Briscoe. That's Beards McFly. We'll uh, we'll talk more 
Chiefs and, and all sorts of things throughout the world of football whenever we come back on Sports Radio 810. Kansas City's hometown sports station, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Welcome back into a little extra Chiefs talk to end your evening here on Sports Radio 810. I'm Josh Briscoe, Beards McFly. Hits all the buttons. If you want more of us on a regular basis, or to just make sure you get all the podcasted stuff from tonight, and also we'll be back doing this again on Friday, uh, make sure you subscribe to the Almost Entirely Sports podcast fa- feed or page or fade, I guess, which is where I got caught in the middle there. Um, and we will uh, we'll make sure you get everything that we do here over the uh, the course of probably you know most of the MLB playoffs. While uh, we got baseball going on, that's bumping us back. We'll be giving you some Chiefs talk, uh, no matter when that ends up being. If it has to be at 2 a.m. following, a, what was the longest baseball game that ran last postseason that you had to run beards? I mean, there's been multiple 18 inning games that I've run before, but <gasps> I don't know if that was a postseason game last year or not. Okay, fair enough. There's been like three of those in my history here. I'm afraid that the fourth one is going to end with you walking into the ocean. Or at least that little lake we have over there. There's a chance. Um, so hopefully uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. But we'll be here um, after baseball again on Friday at the very least and, and make sure we get you some Chiefs talk to uh, to either wrap up your nights or if you subscribe to the podcast, maybe get you started uh, the next morning. There are a few other things from uh, Chiefs availability today out at Arrowhead that I thought were interesting from Patrick Mahomes. We won't spend 30 minutes on any of the other uh, clips because uh, nothing is as interesting to me as that first clip was. But um, there, there were a couple of things. One of the other questions I was going to ask, and then somebody else asked it probably uh, better than I would have, um, at least more concisely at the very least, looking at, at what was happening in that game against the Lions, because for all the talk we just had about both precision and sort of improvisational ability in an offense that the Chiefs clearly, clearly have, they seemed knocked off their spot a little bit uh, a handful of times over the course of that Lions game. So Mahomes was asked, what was Detroit doing on Sunday, or maybe what were you guys not doing successfully in that game? Yeah, I mean, they, they obviously had a great defensive game plan and played played really good man coverage and, and, and really got up there and impressed us and were physical. But uh, there was times where either I missed the throws or, or the receivers didn't run necessarily the, the perfect route or, or – a mixture of everything offensive line and block for a certain amount of time and that's just stuff that we have to get better at as, as a team we can't miss something here or there whenever we get those opportunities against a good defense like Detroit you have to take advantage of those and I do think there's like uh I don't want to say cop out but I think it's there's um maybe an oversimplification in there a little bit like oh it's got to be better at that kind of stuff like obviously whenever you are playing a good defense when they give you an opportunity you have to capitalize on it that's relatively you know obvious slash common knowledge and and lots of quarterbacks will say an obvious thing you know so you just hear it in their voice and and all that but trying to figure out what that looks like in the long term I I do think is going to be really important to this team and to this offense because with the the ability they have to work outside of the uh of the structure and all of that whenever you are able to make that work but it's not really evident whenever your timing is just off. Like, that's a different thing. And so solving that problem is is more complicated than anything Mahomes can say in, in audio like that. And it's 
probably more complicated than they can solve in, in any handful of meetings. But I, I do think it's interesting and, and worth touching on. The other thing Mahomes talked about that I thought was was worth you hearing from uh, was about the play where he looked back at the, at the uh, referee. What was happening there? That was basically the question. Uh, our friend Nate Taylor uh, of The Athletic, who's on 810 earlier tonight, right, Beards? Who's on Crunch Time? Yep. Find that on the um, podcast. There you go. Additional See? programming. 810wp.com or the 810 mobile app. Go to additional programming. Crunch Time. Um, he, he asked Mahomes about that. Um, he said people were sort of speculating maybe he was looking back there for the flag as he uh, eyeballed the ref. And uh, Mahomes' logic for why he did that I found absolutely delightful. Yeah, I, uh, that, that was exactly it. I looked back to see if there was a penalty, and uh, I, I saw that I had the room to run, and I could probably get the first down, but I didn't want to run like 50 yards if I was going to get called back and have to run another play. So I kind of just looked back to see if there was a penalty, realized there wasn't one, so I just kind of took off. How, how did you sort of develop that? Did you do that at all in college, or just how did that come to mind in that moment? I, I, I have no idea. Like I, I, When I looked back on it, I was like, man, I don't know why I did that. But uh, in the moment, I just kind of thought about it, and I looked back, and until there was no flags, so I took off. So, that, so that's, a, that's a first in your career. Yeah, that was first for sure. So what would you have done if you had seen a flag? I would still got the first down. That might not have been the full sprint the first down. Because, uh, I mean, obviously there could be, like, hands to the face in the defense and stuff like that. But uh, once I saw there wasn't a flag, I made sure to turn it up a little bit. That is so relatable. It is so relatable to look at, like, oh, listen, if, if I'm going to run, I want it to be worth it. And also, uh, why did you do that? I have no idea. Sometimes, sometimes that's just the answer, man. Hey, why did you do that thing? <laughs> I I don't know. Especially in a football game. I mean, that has to happen all the time in a football game. I just find it. I, I think it's excellent. Uh, a couple other things for you here tonight. Um, we, we we talked about this before the article came out last night with uh, with Seth Kaiser, also of the Athletic, who's also on eight ten today. He was on with uh, Seren Petro on the program. NWHB.com, the Anton Mobile app. We're going to set a record for plugging the ways you can get podcasts in like an hour of radio here. Um, but I was I was combing through this article from Seth, and it's it's one of my favorite pieces of the year uh, as far as like, hey, this is requ- required reading if, if you want to feel like you know what's going on. Seth goes in to talk about why the Chiefs run defense being terrible – it really isn't a big deal. And it's such a crazy sort of place to start. But whenever you look at the analytics here, it's clear. It is obvious that that what Seth is saying is like undeniably true. That at the very, very, very least, the Chiefs pass defense being merely exploitable in moments is a bigger deal than the run defense being really, really, really bad. And that's that, that might be going against unconventional wisdom. That may be unconventional in its own way, or going against conventional wisdom or unconventional in its own way. I think I misspoke. That doesn't seem like something I would do, though. And, and, and going through the stats here, looking at expected uh, points added by play type, which is what... Seth is using for for big chunks of this running the ball even well as the Lions did and as every team has done so far this season running the ball well 
actually costs the opposing team expected points added. Throwing the ball has brought tremendous success. And then even in big moments, the passing game has been the thing to continue drives, especially against the Lions, to score points, especially for the Lions. And, and that kind of reframing there is fascinating to me. And, and again, some of it, I think you just need to read it in Seth's words and, and the structure that he's put together. It's, it's really, really valuable. The other thing, though, that we touched on a little bit last night that I have gotten only progressively more like high strung about is the time of possession discussion that happens at any given moment. There might be hyperbole in saying running backs don't matter or run defense doesn't matter or, you know, never, never pay a running back no matter what. There's probably hyperbole in there somewhere. Can I say this without being hyperbolic? Time of possession doesn't matter. It is such a weird stat that we have decided as a sports culture we're going to pay attention to whenever it's deeply unimportant. Number of possessions absolutely matters. But the core thing that we got to last night and that Seth touches on here is that there's no bonus for a long drive. The Chiefs got the same number of points on Bashad Breeland's touchdown as they would have gotten if they had eaten up an entire quarter. Time of possession is is even irrelevant if you're a bad team trying to slow down a game because what you're really trying to do is limit the number of possessions that you're giving the other team because the more possessions you have, the larger sample size you have, which means you you have the continued expansion of of what you expect to happen without randomness, which means the better team usually wins when you get a larger sample size. If the Chiefs and the Raiders would have played for 30 quarters or you played 30 straight games, you're going to see the Chiefs win, you know, 28 of those. And the two games they lose, they're probably less possessions even in those individual ones. I, I love this conversation. It's probably going to keep popping up. Um, it's it's really worth your, your time. Seth and I touched on a little bit last night where, again, um, beards. I cannot remember for the life of me where people can get podcasts for things that happen on Sports Radio 810. 810 mobile app! You could try the 810 mobile app. They might be there. Or at 810whp.com or maybe use a search almost entirely sports wherever you get your podcast. If you missed that conversation with Seth, it was absolutely, absolutely excellent. I feel like we've covered our bases here pretty well. I got to tell you how obsessed I am about that audio from Patrick Mahomes, and then I got to yell at you about time of possession and run defense. This has been a pretty good night here on Sports Radio 810. The most powerful sports station in America has a home in Kansas City. This is Sports Radio 810 WHB. Nearly done for the night here on Sports Radio 810. I'm Josh Briscoe with Beards McFly talking about some chief stuff because what better way to end your day than with a little bit of talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, now I'm going to to give the talking stick to Seren Petro of the program and arguably more importantly to Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs 
The two of them sat down out at Arrowhead earlier today, uh, as they do every week right here on Sports Radio 810 and on the program afternoons here on 810. And Serena and Mahomes covered a lot of topics from being 4-0 to some stuff about the Lions game to where it goes from here to a really interesting stat at the very, very end of the interview that I think you're going to want to hear about. So here's Patrick Mahomes talking with Serena Petro on the program today on Sports Radio 810. 4-0. I know you got this question uh, in front of everybody, but to come home not just 4-0, no, but uh, knock out three road games, still have seven home games. Uh, how, how good? I mean, I know you knew that was the schedule in front of you, but how nice is it to get home like that? Yeah, I mean, it, it's amazing, honestly. I mean, in this league, playing those road games in those tough environments, and we've played a lot of really good football teams, and, and uh, come away 4 0, no matter how, if it was a great wins or if it was finding it by the, uh, the ed- skin of our teeth. I mean, just finding a way to win and being in those situations and, and then now being able to be at home. And really be in front of this crowd, which is such an advantage. Uh, we're we're really excited about it. Uh, you know, I know you, there's there's some talk. Coach Reed got questions about the first quarter. You know, Lich, not to be a coward, right? I, I wonder a little bit as well. But a lot of people out there are like, well, why why are they struggling in the first quarter? Which I keep coming to. You know, 34 points. You know, yeah. what what you're not going to hang 28 every quarter of every game. That's how high the bar is now for you guys. Uh, do you feel like you're a victim of your own success a little bit with, with the expectations? Like you have a quarter where you don't score. This franchise has gone games, consecutive <laughs> games, where they didn't score. And now you have one quarter and everyone's like, what's wrong in the first quarter? Yeah, I mean, not necessarily. Uh, we, we expect a, a lot from each other and uh, to go out there and put points on the board uh, with the offense and, and – I think the biggest thing that we realize is you just have to find a way to win. And uh, no matter if that's scoring every quarter or scoring just one of them, as long as you can find a way to put up more points than the other team and you win the football game, that's all that matters. Uh, there were questions last week about Matt Patricia coming from the Patriots. The Patriots have had a good half against you guys. They've had some really bad halves against mm-hmm. you guys as well when it comes to their uh, defense. But did they give you – I know there's a, there's something new that the NFL's gotten so advanced that everybody's got something new. And you got to kind of circle the wagons in-game and say, okay, this is what we didn't see on tape. Anything drastically new that uh, they threw at you that that uh, was different than you've seen before? No, not not necessarily at all. I mean, they just they changed up different styles of man coverage and they and they did different things. Uh, what we expected them to do, but I mean, they have great players over there and they were they were playing good defense. They were turning the ball over, which we knew they were going to try to do, and we were trying to execute at a high level of not doing that. And uh, whenever you get to the game, stuff happens, and so that they. They got some turnovers from us. We put our defense in some bad situations, and they, they held strong on two two red zone uh, drives that our defense held on that kind of kept us in the game. And then at the end, the offense was able to find a way to put points up and uh, find a way to win it. Did it surprise you that Darius Slay, uh, when when he – I know he was a game-time decision that when he wasn't there that they did play so much man coverage? No, it, it didn't, honestly. I mean, we realized when we watched them play the Eagles and when we watched them play the Chargers and, and every, everyone, the Cardinals and everyone before that, they played man a lot of the games. And they, they have the guys to do that. They've brought in guys with the Coleman and then the other corners that they have and the safeties that they have that can play man coverage. And so we expected it, even even without Darius and how, how good of a player he is. Uh, but we get, we had to find a way to execute higher when we do get those opportunities. And I feel like there was guys open, and I, I missed them by little bits. That could have changed that the whole aspects of the game. Did you expect to have the opportunities to run the ball like you did? You personally, uh, not the team. You, I, I, I didn't necessarily at the beginning of the game. Uh, when I was going into the game, wasn't expecting it. But as I kind of got a feel for the game, and I, I realized that there wasn't really anyone that was there spying me, and they were really focused on Dublin, Kelson, those guys. I knew that there would be opportunities for me to run, and I was gonna try to take advantage of that whenever I got the opportunities. I know you had less than ten yards rushing 
on the season coming into the game. That's that's not what you're paid to do, right? Mm-hmm. Throw the ball down the field. But uh, as you come down and you're realizing that the run's there, the fourth down play where you take off and go for it, did you have in your head this is going to be open to run, that I, if I get the perfect look, I'm going to send it down the field, but otherwise I know I've got it here? Did, were you confident that that was – a good good avenue to get there? Yeah, well, before the play, I, I, we actually had gotten a timeout before, so I, I knew that there was going to be an opportunity that they were going to drop eight and double-team Kels, and so I wanted to make sure that we I got through my reads and saw it, but if, if the opportunity came and I was able to get it, I was going to take it. And uh, how it went, the linebackers both kind of, like, separated, and it, it just opened up perfectly for me with the offensive line uh, doing a great job of protect, protecting me, and so I just took it and got the first down and moved the chains, and then we were able to kind of get that thing rolling and find a way to score. I, I know BJ asked you about the protection. Protection and and uh, you know that that a lot of the analytics now talk about it's not just the offensive line. Now your offensive line's done a great job. You're number one in sack percentage. One point nine percent of the time is all you get sacked. That's best in the NFL, and it's also the lowest number. You and Tom Brady speaks to the the impact that the quarterback has on that number as well. Uh, do, do you believe a lot of that's in your hands uh, and you can control? Uh, you know, keeping keeping away is that is that a sixth sense that you and Brady and a handful of guys have of knowing where everybody is? That spatial awareness around you? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's times where I can find ways to get out of it and get the ball out of my hand and uh, not hold on to the ball too long and have that kind of fill in the pocket. But I mean, it obviously all starts with the offensive line. I mean, you talk about me and Brady. I mean, those uh, with my offensive line and his offensive line, they're they're two of the tops in the leagues. And so it starts with the offensive line and them doing their job, the receivers doing their job to get out of their routes on time and having that same feel of that clock in their head and then me getting the ball out of my hand and getting it to the these guys. And if it's not there, take the check down and or throw the ball away. And so that's something that I've worked on and – uh, as, as we're doing well with it this season. I'm going to try to keep that thing going. And, and you guys throw it a lot, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, your percentage is, is up there. With the, the only three sacks is, is a giant number when you consider how often you guys drop back. I mean, is that an emphasis that coach starts all the way back to minicamp that's there, or is it just – ingrained in what you do as a football player. No, it's definitely an emphasis. Uh, you want to get the ball to your hand, and you know when you have the six-man, seven-man protection, and you know when you have just the offensive line and the five-man protection. So you want to know, first off, where the where the blitz is coming from, where the guys are coming from that are rushing, and then have a plan for if they do get you on a blitz to get the ball out of your hand and make letting your guys make something happen in, in the open space. It, this was a game that, that wasn't, even though you got to 34 points, uh, seven of them defensive. I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. But it wasn't necessarily a masterpiece, right? You didn't throw for any touchdowns, your streak. I feel like I jinxed it. Mm-hmm. Of throwing for two touchdowns or more ended. Of throwing for one touchdown or more ended. Yet you still won. Uh, I, I know for coaches that that's a really satisfying win because you fought and persevered and overcame it. Uh, is it more satisfying to win when you you guys put a, put the ball on the ground four times and three win it? You know that's a fifty fifty chance. So even if you put it down four times, you should only <coughs> lose two. You guys lost three. There were a number of things that didn't go your way, and to still come out with a win is that more gratifying? Yeah, I mean I think there's a there's a sense of of just finding a way to win. Uh, you know that not everything's going to be perfect every single game and that you're not going to be able to do exactly what you want. You have to find a way to win those close football games. Uh, but I think it gives you the added motivation to know that you can get beat any single week in this league by any any team. I mean, that's how, that's how good everyone is. And you have to know that you can't take a week off and you can't take a practice off or anything off and, be, and take it for granted that you have to make sure you work hard and prepare yourself in order to have your best football every single week. Did the Lions, uh, and I haven't watched, you know, any Lions games until that one. Uh, did you have on tape that they were going with the, the Charles Tillman punch the ball out? Is that something that they've made an emphasis on? And, and you know, because it seemed like everybody on their defense was really had a nice nice jab going for the ball out there. Yeah, and we, we had talked about it all, all the last week uh, with them doing it to the Eagles. I mean, they had punched out, I think, three against the Eagles and gotten turnovers, and that really changed the game where they were able to beat them the week before. And so we had talked about it. 
Uh, but, I mean, when the, and you get to the game and you're playing and they, they hit the ball, it seems like perfect every single time stuff happens. And so we'll definitely try to make sure that we, we emphasize that this week of just protecting the ball whenever you get it in space. But you don't want to take away the playmaker and playmaking ability from all those guys and let them do what they've done because it hasn't happened really a lot to us before. We're talking to Patrick Mahomes here in the Reese Nichols studio. You, you, uh, we had a number of replays that were going on. I know what we're all sitting there saying in my living room, right? As we're, as we're watching the game, listening to the announcers, when, when you're watching uh, like Galladay come down, did you know, hey, that's not a catch, that we, we got this, you know, or you just wrapped up, did you not even have a chance to look up the scoreboard and see the replays uh, they were showing in there? Yeah, you see it, uh, but, uh, I mean, all those plays were so close uh, that it, it's, it's hard to tell. Uh, so, for me, I just prepare myself either way and try to make sure that I'm ready in case I get to go out there and, and, make something ha- and try to make something happen or if I need to – just get myself ready and then support the defense if they need to get back on the field. So I just make sure I prepare myself either way. Any, any of your teammates, the official sideline ref? Like, I can see Kelsey thinking he's <laughs> always got the call. And, and oh, no, no, don't worry about it. That's going to be incomplete. Well, is, I, is there anybody who thinks they're the, the, the refing expert? Th- there's no one that's saying it to me. I'm kind of over there throwing and trying to make sure that I'm ready to go in case I'm on the field. So no one no one says that stuff to me, but I'm sure one of those guys over there was talking, are talking about it amongst each other. Did you know uh, – w- when did you know that, that Breland's uh, return – was going to go your way, was going to be ruled a touchdown. When I, well, you saw it on the big screen. You could tell that ball was moving around there. And uh, it was a great job of the refs letting, letting it play out and, and letting the guys run the, run down the field. I mean, with all that big pile that they had there. But uh, the replay replay showed it. And then Breland made a heads-up play of just taking it down there and getting the touchdown like like they've been working all offseason. Does, does it does it take a little something away? I mean, the defense has to turn right back around and, and go out there. I mean, you, you want the seven points. It's a great play. Uh, but it, but is it? It's you know they, you you play baseball. There's a lot of talk that hey, if you got a rally going, a three run home run might end it because no one's on base. Did it maybe take a little bit away? Like oh wow, that was easy and. And, and maybe kind of get you guys out of a rhythm because you had to sit back down and didn't have a chance to get up and go out there. The defense was right back out on the field. No, not not at all. I mean, <laughs> you just want the points in this league. I mean, they're, they're hard to come by. And so for the defense to get out there, score a touchdown, I mean, it might 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 get them a little bit tired of running 99 yards and having to go back out there again. But uh, I, I'll take any points any way, any way possible. We've seen Coach Reed sit down next to you on the bench a number of times, and the TV loves to show that uh, when that interaction's going on. They caught it. This time it seemed like – there was an entire committee there. Mike Kafka was there. Eric Bieniemy was there. Matt Moore was there. Um, is it always that many people, or, or was that a, a bigger meeting than usual over there this time? No, those are the those are the guys that are always there with Matt and and Coach Bieniemy, Coach Kafka, and, and with Coach Reed. That we always go to, come together and get on the same plan, so that we kind of have a, a feel of different directions that that. Maybe each guy is seeing that we can all get in the same direction and be on the same page whenever the plays are called. How many adjustments can you make in-game? I mean, in-game adjustments get talked about all the time, but from your game plan that you hatch out there, how much of it actually ends up getting changed on the fly in the game? A lot of it. I mean, there, there's obviously stuff that we, we we have game planned before with the, the first 15s and stuff like that. But as you go about it and see what the defense is playing, you pick out which plays you like the most and which plays you want to get called and in, in what order, kind of on the, on the fly, and then you execute those plays at a high level. We're talking to Patrick Mahomes here in the Reese Nichols studio. Time for our Kansas City Orthopedic Institute Final Four. Four quickies. I will start you with this. Uh, who's got the best road locker room? Uh, I I don't I don't know honestly. Does anybody have a good one? Or are I, I they mean, all they're bad? they're all they're all pretty decent. I saw. I don't I don't know if there's one that really sticks out in mind. Okay, I didn't know if somebody had a great spread, a great food spread, or better better whirlpools. I no, no, I don't I don't know if there's they're one that sticks sick. out. All right, I ask you this one, uh, Coach Reed, address this. What what's your uh, favorite painting by Mozart? Uh, <laughs> I. I 
I'll, I'll, I'll pass on that one as well. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, Coach uh, had a couple of jokes about it uh, this week, but I, I like that. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, tell me, uh, uh, did you watch the NL wildcard game last night? I did. Okay. I did watch that one. Okay. It was a sweet one. All right. Uh, and finally, you're 233rd. I, I like this. I'm going to see if, uh, anything, if this, any of this floated to you. Uh, you moved into a range, pro football, uh, pro football reference, lists the top 250 of everything. Right, mm-hmm. and you moved into the top 250 of passing yardage in the history of the game. You're 233rd, and there's something interesting. Do you know who 232nd all time in passing yards is in the NFL? I have no idea. He's in your quarterback room. Chad Matt, Henney, or Matt, no, Moore? Matt Moore. Matt Moore. Well, yeah, let's <laughs> say I got two old guys in there, so I got I don't know which one it is. You're like you're like 40 yards behind him. I, I was like I was stunned. I'm like I was all excited because I'm like okay now we can watch Patrick go up the list mm-hmm. uh, throughout his career. It's you. And then it's Matt Moore right in there. I'll make sure that, I appreciate that. I'll make sure to talk to him about that. Let him know. <laughs> so I think it's, you know, maybe first quarter. You can go by and let him know he's in the rearview mirror. I got you. <laughs> All right. Patrick, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate it. There's Patrick Mahomes and Seren Petro from earlier today on the program right here on Sports Radio 810. As always, if you miss any of anything, you can get get pretty much all of it uh, at Sports Radio 810's website, 810wb.com, or the Sports Radio 810 mobile app. We've got podcasts of all sorts of stuff, including this show here tonight. Following Thursday Night Football tomorrow night here on 810, you'll hear from Darren Smith on the ship. And then Friday, it's back to me again. Me and Beards will talk some more Chiefs uh, following uh, high school football. On Friday night, Saturday is Brad Porter and an afternoon sports Saturday with all the college football action. We've got always got a ton of stuff going on here on Sports Radio 810. But again, tomorrow night is Darren. Friday night is back over to us here. The AES crew just even more almost entirely sports after dark. It's way after dark, uh, although it's starting to feel like fall, and that makes uh, the after dark not quite so not quite so bad. Whenever you don't walk out of the studio at the end of the night and uh, walk into a wave of humidity. I feel pretty good about uh, heading out at the end of a, a long day's night and a, a long day of uh, being able to talk about the Chiefs, which is not the worst way you can spend an evening. Thank you for spending your evening with us here on Sports Radio 810. Always fun. Thanks also to Beards for hitting all the buttons. Darren, tomorrow, I'll talk to you again on Friday. And also, I'll be on The Zone with, with uh, actually, Corey Anderson. Uh, Jason is in Louisville, but uh, I'll be doing uh, Sports and Leisure with Corey Anderson, with at least Ann Anderson, in the zone tomorrow at 1 o'clock. So you can tune in if you want to hear me there as well. And uh, that's now cross-promoted every single thing on the station for the next six months. So with that, we'll get out of here. Bye, Mom.